All right, and welcome to episode six of the Elijah Taylor podcast. Uh, I just want to start this off by apologizing for a very no, no content November. I've been insanely busy, insanely occupied, a lot of obligations, family related, a lot of things that you guys don't need me to ramble about. But I apologize. I promise to have more stuff coming on, coming the following month of December. Um, I originally was going to just wait until December to make an episode, but due to all these things that just irritate me in my life, I just wanted to do this episode. I'm doing this episode actually solo, so get used to hearing me for the next couple of minutes. If you hate my voice, this probably isn't the one for you. But there's a couple of things I want to just talk about and get off my chest. And the main thing in New York, in New York media, it seems like right now, it's the state of the New York football giants. Before we go into that, I want to just let you guys know how I became a Giants fan. And I think this is how most boys become fans of their favorite team. Usually they get it from their father, granted that that father is in their life. In my case, I got it from my stepdad. So my stepdad was a Giants fan his whole life. Who knows where he got it? I grew up in a household of a Giant fan. Every Sunday, I used to wake up, watch football games. And by default, you know, that's my I'm from New York, but you know, by default that I inherited his team, that became my favorite team. It's the same reason why I'm a sorry ass Nets fan. He he was he's saying it's the same thing. I adopted it from him. But beyond that, all to my like for most of my life pretty much I've pretty much watched football. But let's just say like when I became a serious fan, it was pretty much the beginning of the Eli Manning era. So as far as I've been like fully invested in football, Eli Manning has always, 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 always been our quarterback of the New York football giants. So being able to see from the beginning of his career to what it is starting to look like, perhaps the end or the latter phases of his career, I've seen the good. I've seen the bad, which is a lot of bad. I've seen the in, I've seen the in between. So yesterday, when it was announced that he would be uh, actually benched, there was a lot of, well, I won't say backlash, there was a lot of uproar about it from the fans, New York media, former players. Um, Actually, in front of me right now, I have a, like, if I go on Twitter and look at what's trending, just, like, off a basic search, you have a bunch of tweets from famous people and a lot of not-so-famous people First one coming up, you have uh, former, well, not former, you have current quarterback for the L.A. Chargers, Phillip Rivers, saying this is a disgrace. They, this, the organization should have handled it better. Um, you have one from Tom Coughlin, which is included with like a little bit of a media, with a little bit of a uh, audio statement. Basically, Tom Coughlin saying that Eli deserves better. Um, and we all know Tom Coughlin was his coach. For those of you who don't watch football, Tom Coughlin was Eli's coach for his entire stint while in New York, obviously, um, before the Ben McAdoo, who's the current uh, head coach, took over the reins. And if anybody knows uh, Coughlin, Eli's uh, <laughs> Eli's Tom Coughlin's son. <laughs> so you can see how he would take a little bit of offense to it. But the whole thing is he has his own situation to work with. He's like the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. So in my opinion, stay out of his business, Coughlin. But if you keep going, you have a bunch of different content. From Steve Smith Sr., um, who's an NFL great. You have 
Um, and then you have people in the New York media and who I think kind of blow this out of proportion. The biggest one is uh, Francesca, Francesca. So I guess on his, on his, um, on his, either was this on his show, his radio show or podcast, I'm not sure which one it was. He basically like just trashed the entire, entire organization, primarily going at Ben McAdoo. Going in and in and in, basically saying that this is a joke. Eli deserves better. And while I can understand where people are coming from, I want to get my side of the, I want to give my side of this whole situation because trust me, this is hard to see. And I love, I love, I love me some Eli man. And anybody that really knows me, I'm the first person to go out on a limb and defend Eli. But it has to be done. At this point in this season, based on and and where we currently are, it has to be done. And I'll give you some reasons why Eli, the Eli Manning reign, well, the consecutive streaks has to end. And for those of you who don't know, Eli Manning, I think he started 210 consecutive regular season games, which is true testament to his durability. But not also not only that, but just his preparation for the game and his uh consistent hunger to always want to play and win. But um. That'll come to an end this Sunday. But I want to explain, first of all, let's explain. Let's look at the situation from a, a outside point of view. Let's not have any type of um, preconceived notions. Let's look at it without any any opinion for a second. So this is what actually happened. Um, Coach Ben McAdoo called Eli Manning to his office um, on Tuesday, basically um, asking him, how would you feel if how would you feel about splitting time with the other two quarterbacks on the roster so we could evaluate them? Uh we'll let you start so we could, you can maintain your active starting streak and continue that historical run. You just won't play the other half. You won't play half of the game. So basically in essence you would say you would start the game, but after a while we'll kind of pull you out and let Geno or uh Geno Smith who's a second string quarterback or Davis Webb who's a rookie third round third round pick um get some snaps and Eli kind of took it as um which I first of all I want to applaud Eli on this Eli basically took it as if I'm not gonna if I'm playing to like play half the game there's no point in me starting it's almost like you're treating it like a preseason game where you're kind of evaluating telling if I'm not if if I'm not playing there's no reason if I'm not playing the entire game to win with the intention of winning there's no reason for me to play if I'm not finishing out and I thought that was really I was very bold that was very um that was very important, very, like, selfless of him to do that. Because, like, that selfish person would be like, yeah, I want to keep my streak. Eli looked at it more as, even if if you're going to evaluate these other two guys, give them a fair shot. Don't give them half time just to please me. Like, Gino, let Davis get a full, let them get a full game if you're trying to fully evaluate them. It's not fair to evaluate them in garbage time or in the second half when the game may be out of reach or when the teams aren't playing as hard. So give them that full starter experience. Let them get all the first team reps during practice, during the week, and et cetera. So I respect that. I really do. And I, I think the reason this is blown out of proportion is because of how great of a guy Eli is. He's one of the nicest human beings to ever play the game of football. I mean, both the Manning brothers are. Like, one thing we could say is Archie Manning, he's been grooming these boys to be freaking quarterbacks since they left the freaking womb, and he's done a great job. Whether it was Peyton Manning, Peyton has always held himself up with class and integrity. And you see the same thing with Eli, and it resonates with both of them. So, obviously, you can't hate them. No, I don't think you could honestly hate Eli unless you're, like, a salty Patriots fan. And even then, I think deep down there's some respect for him. 
But sorry to get off track. But if you look at it, so basically he tells Eli, he gives Eli an option. And Eli chooses not to start, which is still hard for him, as you saw, as most people saw at the press conference by now. If you look on uh, any uh, social media platform, you've probably seen the video of him a little emotional at his locker while interviewing him about being benched. And he basically, I mean, he it's tough for him because this is the first time he's ever been benched, obviously. And when you're the starter, it's a certain pride that comes with it. You're, you're used to, you know, coming out there to play every Sunday to give your team the win. And one thing people take for granted is the man is a competitor. He wants to, he, he plays to win. He wants to win. He wants to, he wants to play this game. He loves this game. He's as old as he's like about 36 or 37. He's about to go on 37 years old. The man's drive for the game has never dissipated. So obviously we see that, but at some point we had to be realistic. And this is this is where this is the neutral point of view where I, where I want everybody to look at. Eli Manning is approaching 37 years old. His best football, in my opinion, is behind him. History shows us that at a certain age, real, real, relatively speaking, your talent is going to drop off. And we see it, whether you want to admit it or not. We clearly see that his talent is beginning to drop off. Now, people may say, oh, he doesn't have an offensive line. He doesn't have wide receivers this year. That is completely, completely understandable, and I agree. But at some point, we have to look at it from a long-term standard. And we got to stop attacking the coach. We got to stop attacking the GM and look at what's really going on. Eli Manning isn't what he used to be. We can say what we want, but when it, like the the offensive line, whether we fix it now or not, we have to find ways to win games. And it, over these past couple of years, I've seen Eli miss some throws that he should have made. I've seen him throw some bad interceptions that have costed us games, and I'm not blaming that all on him, obviously. I've also, like I said, I've seen him. I've seen him lose games for us, and I've seen him win games for us in the clutch as well. And that's he's he's good for both. But at the same time, you have to look at it. The man's talent is just it's not what it used to be. And I don't think Eli Manning was ever like a top five quarterback. What we like about him is that he's always consistent. He's always available. You kind of know what you're going to get from him, and you know he has the ability to win you the game. And that that's something that you can't say about a lot of people. There's not a lot of there's a reason he's played so many consecutive games. The man is legitimately a warrior. But we have to really, 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 really just look at this season and it's over. Like this season is over. We are system we are mathematically unable to make the playoffs. Like it's literally, you know, when you make those stupid scenarios, like, all right, if this team loses eight games straight and then this team loses this team and we win all these games, well, maybe make the playoffs. That's done. That's out the window. At this point in the season, we are guaranteed a very high draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft. Right? And if you look at this NFL draft, what's the primary position everybody's so excited to look for? It's a good draft for quarterbacks this season. We have about, like, really five really sharp. And and this is obviously if they do commit to to the draft. Um, you have five really good NFL franchise-changing possible quarterbacks in that draft, right? So if you have a, let's say, because right now we're we're seated to have a third overall pick, right? If you had a third overall pick in your pocket, it could be better, but let's say you're going to have a top five pick guaranteed based on what you've done this season. You have three quarterbacks on your roster. One you've seen for 14 years, and you know his, his career is on the decline. Regardless, 
you have him under contract until 2019 or 2020, I believe. So you have him on contract for at least another two or three years of this man, right? No problem. Would it be wise to continue playing him in a hopeless season just so he could keep a streak? Where he's already, he's second all-time on, on those consecutive starts. The guy in front of him is 86 games ahead of him. So that means in order for Eli to break that me- that record set by Brett Favre, he would literally have to play like at least probably like seven more seasons, which I don't know if I want seven more seasons of Eli. It, I, I just don't think it's worth I don't think the productivity could be there after seven more seasons. So let's 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 cut out the streak, right? So now what we have on our roster, aside from Eli, we have Geno Smith, who was a first round quarterback. He was a first round draft pick four years ago. We saw what he was with the Jets. He he was awful. I think I'm one of those people that always think maybe Geno didn't have a fair shot, whatever. He's been terrible. He's had opportunities, though. A lot of people haven't gotten those opportunities. Geno has had plenty of opportunities to prove that he's better than what he is. And this week, he's going to get one more chance. And a lot of people, I think the biggest thing that people are upset with is, oh, Geno's getting benched. Uh, not Geno. Uh, Eli's getting benched in favor of Geno Smith, like, Oh, this is this is disrespectful that the replacement to, to Eli is gonna be Geno. No. It's one game. It's it's we it's not we can't even say it's a full game. All we know right now is that Geno Smith is getting the start. Okay? He's getting the start. He will he will be present to start that game. Who knows? If he plays terrible, there's a possibility he gets yoked out. It's been presented by Coach McAdoo that Eli will be the number two for the first time in his life. If the game is bad, maybe he'll pit Eli in there to clean up the game. Whatever, that's your job. You're getting paid millions of dollars. You go out there, you do what's asked of, asked of you by the team and organization. A lot of people are getting on Ben McAdoo, and like I said, I don't agree with a lot of the things he's done this season, and I do think he's lost a lot of the people in the locker room. But you have to look at it and just understand that. He, the, the one thing he said yesterday that I really agreed with and everybody overlooked, it's about the franchise. And whether you like it or not, this season is down the down the drain. So everything about this season is looking towards the future, basically. Sorry for the tongue twister. But like everything at this season, we're just it's based it's it's going towards next season. So we need to look for we need to evaluate at every position, every position, and see what we have, what we need, and what can we use to get closer to making this team a Super Bowl contender. All right. So Give Gino a shot. Like I said, people are getting angry. It was just just this week. Dave, I, I, we all know Davis Webb is going to get his shot to start. He was the third-round pick. It's just this week. A lot of people are – I think what the, the problem people have is, oh, they have this bad taste of Geno Smith uh, from when he was um with the Jets. But, yo, if you look at it, yo, like the Jets really never had a good team around him. And when they finally had that team that almost made the playoffs like two years ago, he was supposed to be the starter. He got his jaw broken, yo. Somebody snuffed him in the locker room, and he broke his jaw. So we never knew what he could have been with that with that actual team. Last year, you saw him get a couple couple snaps after Fitzpatrick had like played terrible, and he might have gotten hurt. Those guys, Brandon Marshall was a shell of himself, and we saw that this year. Brandon Marshall obviously wasn't just able to create separation anymore. Eric Decker was hurt. You 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 you're counting on guys like Quincy Anunua and Robbie Anderson, who was a rookie at the time, to like make you look good. Like he just did not have the talent around him. They had no running game. It, it was just not a good team. And this team is probably even worse. But the man deserves a shot. You got to give him a chance. You can't skip over the number two quarterback to evaluate 
the whole team and go to the third string just because he's a rookie and you invested a draft pick in him. Yeah, Gino's on a one-year deal. What if he's good? What if he's good and he wants to stay in New York? And you giving him that opportunity. What if he's a loyal guy and he says, okay, I want to re-sign with you guys next season? We'll never know unless you give him a shot. So do it systematically. We're going to bench Eli. Start with Gino. Let Gino start this week. If he stinks it up, he stinks it up. Everybody in the league wants to get all angry and all whatnot about this. But just a year ago, Case Keenum was the backup for Jared. He Well, he started over Jared Goff, but he was, in essence, a backup. And everybody was like, oh, Case, Case Keenum is garbage. Case Keenum is doo-doo. Now everybody loves Case Keenum. Everybody's like, oh, my God, can Case Keenum actually keep this job going forward? Or is like, like he's playing really good football. Maybe Geno could, too. The man was a first-round pick. Give him a shot. Let him, let, him, let him go out there at least and give him a shot. Let him go out there and start at least, and let's see what could happen. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a little mad that the first-ever African-American quarterback for the New York Giants will go down as being Geno Smith. And hopefully we don't look back in history and kind of look at this and discuss, but it is what it is. I wish him the best. Hopefully uh, he plays well. But if he doesn't, like I said, we have one other quarterback on the roster to evaluate, and that would be Davis Webb. And like I said, Davis Webb will get his chance to be evaluated, to play as a starter. And we'll see if he's good. We we invested a third-round pick, which is, like I said, there's some good quarterbacks that could have came at the third round. Like I said, Dak was like a third or fourth-round pick the year before, so you never know. And like I said, these guys, you got to give them a chance to play. It's so hard to get a shot in the NFL. And a lot of time, talent goes underlooked because they're playing behind a more talented player. So you have to let these guys get a shot. And like I said, I'm very proud of Eli for not being uh, selfish and letting these guys get the chance to actually show what they're worth. Evaluate the whole team. Because the last thing you want to do is have a scenario where you draft a quarterback <laughs> and then you've ended up having a stud on your quarterback. On, uh, you ended up having a stud quarterback on your roster already that you just never knew. And he doesn't emerge until either later on in his career, whether that's against you or it happens out of injury to your starter. And then you have the fiasco where, oh, we have two stud quarterbacks. What do we do? What do we do? You can't play them both at the same time. So evaluate the team, see what's going to happen. And this is ultimately going to be what will this will ultimately let us know what's best for the franchise. So all you people like that's get going in on them, Brandon Jacobs, uh, David, did all you like giant superstars that played with Eli? Yeah, we all love Eli, but y'all looking at it from a family matter. This is like this is a business now, yo. We got to look at it for the future. And I'm like I said, we're grateful to have had the same quarterback for so long, but we have to evaluate this team if we're gonna move forward. That's it. I think this team is literally a few positions. It's like a of- offensive line and a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl contender again. But we got to evaluate. This doesn't mean Eli's necessarily done with the team next year. Like I said, if we want to draft a quarterback, if, if we if we find out that Geno Smith sucks, which most people think he will, and Davis Webb sucks, we could easily draft a quarterback. And if we don't think he's ready, we have Eli Manning. And we'll let Eli Manning start until this kid is ready. Whether that's a year, two years, Eli could be the bridge between his successor. And then I think at this point in his career, that's not being that's not disrespectful to do to someone that's that's been there so long like i said i appreciate everything eli's done for this organization i love me some eli man and i think he's the greatest but it's time to move on people so like stop crying get over it give gino a fair shot judge him as a giant
see what happens. If he sucks, Davis, you get your you get your chance next. If he sucks, however you want. Whether Eli wants to finish out this season, that's fine. But don't don't make a don't make a big scene off of someone we haven't seen play as a giant in meaningful games yet. That's all I want to say about that. All right. And I'm sorry I had to rant about all that, but that that just that that really irked me, man. Everybody just trying to kill McAdoo. And like I said, I think McAdoo definitely could do a lot better. The offense has been tragic under him as a head coach. And he may get fired this year. Everybody ain't meant to be a head coach. Like I said, a lot of teams always like want to promote their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, the head coach. That ain't mean that just because you're good at that doesn't mean you're good at being a head coach. But we'll see. Like I said, McAdoo got us to the playoffs last year. Uh, we didn't make it this year. If you want to give him one more year, fine, obviously. After this year, he's definitely in the hot seat. But I don't want to be that franchise where we're turning over a new quarterback every year, a new, new GM. Like, we want consistency in the Giants, and that's something we've done in years to come, and I think we could continue doing that. So let's not panic. It's one season. It sucks. I hate watching these games, but stop panicking, yo. Just, let, just trust the process. Let it, let it, let it, let it happen. If any of y'all um, have any comments about any of this, any of my statements in this, feel free to um, at me at Elijah R. Taylor on Twitter or hashtag E. Taylor Podcast. I'll look at your tweets, maybe respond to it individually if I really care. But like I said, I just feel like everybody's just not looking at this logically. Before, last, uh, another rant. Before I like, I get off, I cut this off. I have another rant, and this is with Apple. Apple. Yeah, some selfish sons of bitches, man. Like, I've honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm just sick and tired of you guys. So I'm an iPhone six user, and I'm, I'm someone who, I just need two, three things for my phone: make a call, text message people, internet, and regular and apps basically. So internet, I, I look at it like, if if I have a browser on my phone, I could do everything else. Apps are cool, but if you really look at it, apps are just you using the internet to do something like you could do every app you could pretty much operate through like your browser app so it's like you don't really need it but whatever all i ask for you is to do that but every every time you guys come out with a new phone you want to force your little software onto us and it just ruins our phones more and more and more i'm sick of it my iphone 6 right now is at 89 percent, and if i do as much as try and load an instagram picture my phone will die yeah i need a battery replacement but your new apps your your new software your new ios isn't helping with my battery consumption it's been getting worse and worse and worse and you guys are obviously i know what your little business ploy is you're trying to force me to upgrade to the iphone 10 and i did i bought it four weeks ago and i'm still waiting on it you guys just shipped it on Sunday. Well, Monday in China. So you guys are taking advantage of cheap Chinese labor to make your phone and using those same phones and selling them for a thousand plus dollars. I bought the two fifty six gigabytes, so that's twelve hundred and fifty dollars after taxes. That's almost thirteen hundred for a cell phone. And you guys are standing you're sending my damn phone by standard mail from China. China. So they shipped it out on Monday in, in Chinese time. My joint just got to Hong Kong 
Today is Wednesday. It took three days to get to Hong Kong. My joint is still in Asia. Why does it take so damn long to get a phone? Why can't y'all make these things in the U.S.? And y'all always want to complain about, oh, we're, giving, we're creating jobs in America. Make freaking factories in America to manufacture these, these damn iPhones. Why am I paying $1,000 for you to get somebody to do it cheaper in China? Like, I don't understand. Why am I spending so much damn money? And then you guys don't have the decency to send me my phone in less than a month. But you guys got time to resupply the stores to people who didn't pay you money yet. I don't understand. I don't understand. Send me my damn phone. Sick and tired of this shit. My shit is in Hong Kong. If my shit is not in America by Friday, I'm going to raise hell. I'm going to cancel this order and I'm going to demand that I get a new phone or I will just go to Samsung. I, I, I'm just upgrading with you guys cause for simplicity. I don't want to have to abandon my group chats, but I will. I'm not afraid to. I don't want to get rid of my contacts and upload it differently through some other process, but I will. Apple, don't push me to that edge. Because once I leave, I'm done. I'm done with y'all. I'll keep my MacBook. But once I leave, that is it. This will be the end of it. So y'all get y'all stuff together. Because in all honesty, the iPhone 10 does the same thing my iPhone 6 does. And my iPhone 6 does the same thing my iPhone 4 does. The only difference between the three is the way the screens look and the price point. They've gotten a lot more expensive. And my last thing that irks me, and I want to get off my chest, all you people playing in fantasy football leagues that have been eliminated from playoff contention, me, me included, finish the damn season, man. Finish the damn season. There's nothing more that pisses me off than someone who doesn't change their lineups. I, I'm a commissioner of a league for the first time this year, and I'm playing against someone. I'm going to call you out. His name is Daryl Dennis. Daryl, if you're listening to the podcast, fuck you, bro. You're a bum. On divorce court. You're a burger. You're a bum. But this dude had the audacity. Like, I, I think I might have played him two weeks ago. I might have had, like, a 50-point lead on him. And I and I lost because of two players on Monday night. I believe he had, like, Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. Historic game. Whatever. I lost. But then the following week, I need him to beat somebody. And he could have won. But three of the players the dude start aren't in that. Like, they're inactive. Like, you obviously did not look in your lineup and change it. You just gave up. And why you could have, you may you might have made the playoffs. Now you definitely can't. But not only that, but that's that's going against what I need. Cause I needed that guy. I needed you to beat that guy that had clinched the playoffs. So now I gotta fight this last week to make a playoff berth that I should have pretty much had. But you have people that are inactive. You're active when you play me, but you're inactive when you're playing them like finish the league. Finish the league. If you don't if you if you can't if you can't do thirteen weeks of of hardcore fantasy football, and I don't mean hardcore, but just starting your damn lineups. Like I said, the cool thing about fantasy football is you only have to adjust your lineups once a week. There's a Thursday night game. So if your lineups are in by Thursday, you'll pretty much know who's starting. Just check your phone on Thursday and Sunday. That's it. That's it. After that, you do not have to change your lineup. And if that's too much for you to do, don't waste your time and your money being in fantasy football leagues. That's That's just pathetic. Because you costing other people disservice, you know what I mean? It's it's just, it, this, these leagues are for money. People invest a lot of time and effort in these leagues. 
Like in my big league, I, I was eliminated. I'm I'm pretty much eliminated from playoff contention. But you know what I did last week? I went out there and I beat somebody that was in playoff contention, and now he's not in playoff contention. Alistair. That's what it's all about, man. It ain't about have some damn pride. Like and everything you do, whether it's fantasy sports, real sports, work, have some integrity. Finish what you start. Don't half ass your efforts, man. Finish to the end. If you can't finish what you start, don't start it. You just a pussy that man. That's just how I feel. For real, for real. But like I said, sorry for the lack of comment content during the month of November. Been real busy. I got a lot of stuff planned for uh, December. I'm definitely gonna drop a couple episodes in the next coming um coming weeks for sure for sure. Um, be on the lookout. Uh, all you new subscribers, thanks for listening. Um, I really appreciate y'all. Um, probably gonna do some appreciation stuff in uh, December. So keep listening to find out how you could win big for Christmas. Well, not big, but something. <laughs> keep listening. Um, for you who who's first time listeners, make sure you click that subscribe button on the iTunes store. Um, the Elijah Taylor podcast. You already know. Follow me at Elijah R. Taylor at Twitter and Instagram. And um, that's it. Feel free to uh, hashtag anything podcast related, or if you're interested in uh, putting any topics, you can always use the hashtag E Taylor Podcast. Um, if you're interested in being on the show or uh, contributing any content to the show, feel free to email me at E Taylor Podcast at gmail dot com. Appreciate my listeners. It's been real. Uh, just before I leave, I just want to a moment of silence, Eli Manning. Thank you for everything you've done as a giant. Well, if that was if this past Thanksgiving was your last game, I just want to let you know, you'll be missed. We appreciate everything you've done for New York. There's no ill will towards you. Whether you play, finish your career out with us or you finish it out with someone else, good luck. You always be one of the greatest giants ever. Lace them up. So thanks for all that, Eli. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next time on the Elijah Taylor Podcast. Peace out.